Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast, and today I am joined by the beautiful Jess Crowhurst, talking about spirituality. Jess is a well-being and spirituality coach who supports you to dive into connection to self, aligned living, and soul communication. Jess is a very wise soul, and in this episode, she shares about her journey. She talks a bit about her soul awakening. We talk about what does spirituality actually mean? And we talk a bit about what are some spiritual practices that you can do. And we share a bit about our own personal practices. Jess also shares where you can start if you're new to this world and you're just sort of starting out or want to explore this more and what it looks like for you personally. And also what to say when other people give you those sideways looks or just think it's woo woo. So there is so much goodness and wisdom in this episode, and I know you'll just love it. So without further ado, here is the one and only Jess Crowhurst. Good morning, beautiful Jess. How are you? And welcome to the podcast. How are you going? I'm so well, thank you. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I think you were one of those people that... um, I just love the energy that you have about you. And we met through our mutual friend, Alicia. And I don't know, it was just one of those intuitive things that I just knew that you're here to serve people in a really big way. And that, because I always knew that I was going to have this podcast even prior to having it. I was like, you're going to be one of the podcast guests. So that was my little intuitive hit way back. And now it's our reality. So I'm really excited for this. Oh, what an intro. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really excited, actually. Yay. So good. Well, can you start us off with your favorite quote and why? So I think with me, I the quotes that I love changes so rapidly depending on what I'm focusing on in my life. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of take quotes from conversations, from things that I read or from podcasts. And one that actually really struck me this week was um, Jenna Zoe. And she said, simplicity is often overlooked because it's not seen as glamorous. Oh, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Do you want to dive into why why you like it? I'm curious about what like hit, hit home for you. I think that it it to me it summarizes that we often are striving for so much, but it's in the small and simple things that is what makes up our lives. Um, mm. And I think it's really about we can live the lives that we want, which can seem simple, but that's perfect for us. And often, you know, we are in the world that we live in. We're looking at everyone else and the people that are on the are on a grand stage are the people that have lived life in a grand scale 
Um, and then we do kind of feed into that. But often, like my times of happiness are in meditation or when I am, you know, with friends, it's not um, like a grand scale of being. And I just think that just simplicity is something that I'm personally trying to strive for, even in my thoughts. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Do you know what came to me when I heard that was uh, I guess because I'm in my coaching brain because I've just been coaching this morning but it's that sometimes we can think that we have to change everything or it's this massive thing and sometimes it's the smallest subtle changes that make the massive difference or it's just getting back to basics or those simple things that make yeah that make the impact or the, the change. Yeah I wholeheartedly agree I think sometimes it is that stripping back like when we strip back we can start to make those small steps, which are the right steps. Mm, yeah. And we can forget about those those basic things, the simple things that we know and just think like it's this massive thing out here or we have to do the fancy dancy thing or whatever we see online. And it's, yeah, it's so not. And that we, yeah. we already know those answers deep within anyway. Exactly. I just feel like that just comes to head with so many different things in who we are and how we live our lives. Yeah. Such a good quote. Thank you for sharing that. It's really inspiring. I'm going to sit with that one today. Okay. So <laughs> can you tell us a bit more about yourself, Jess, and a bit about your journey thus far, and particularly what sort of led you down this road of exploring spirituality a bit more, and what's been your journey with that? Oh, this is a good one. Um, So I want to like preface by saying that I wasn't raised um, – you know, I wasn't raised spiritual. I wasn't raised religious. Um, and I did have a time in my life where I kind of lent into Christianity and my mother kind of taught, um, me that she thought that earth was a school and we have souls and we come here to learn. So I, I did have a, a belief that we were souls and we kind of reincarnated, but I never took it any further than that. Um, and it was only when I had what I kind of call <laughs> Um, it bring me to my knees moment when I went through a complete um, emotional um, life shock um, and it was something that I did not see coming um, and it was something that really um, it really um, unearthed me in that way and I was kind of put into a really a, a, a deep place of grief and I just remember thinking, like, I I can't make sense of this. I can't make sense of why this happened. Um, and so I actually reached out, started um, to Google Tarot Reader. And, again, with Tarot, I was always quite skeptical of it, um, a bit fearful too, I think, just because of so much, um, you know, so much betrayal in the media makes us think it's just something else. And obviously, like, those seeds of Christianity, which I feel like a lot of us have just the way that we are in like the Western world, there's always this kind of undercurrents. Um, and then, so I went and saw Suzanne and this was about four years ago. And I was, you know, I just feel like I, there was not much left to me at that moment because of how, how in grief I was and how shocked I was um, and how at a loss that I was. And then I went to Suzanne and I saw her in person actually, and it was like 
she was pulling these tarot cards and tuning into this total um, different world that I couldn't see and was just saying everything that had happened where I had given her no context. I obviously looked heartbroken. I was heartbroken. But what she said, the people that were involved and the messaging that she was giving to me was so healing. And it really was my lifeline. Um, so that kind of um, really expansively opened up to the idea that there is there is an understanding outside of our own brains, outside of our own perceptions of the world. Um, and it's from that point where, you know, I was so unearthed that I had to start to slowly reclaim who I was and how I was operating in the world and things that I believed in. So it was a slow evolution from there in terms of like I started reading more um, like spiritual texts. I started to listen to different podcasts. I started to um, like explore working with different healers. And all of this was very gentle um, because I would I would say that there was there was two moments in my life that kind of fell maybe um, I think they were perhaps six months apart the, the first one was kind of a nudge and then the second one was a, the really big unearthing um and I was in probably in a place of depression not that people some people would have seen it but it wasn't you know it wasn't very clearly um portrayed so it was a very gentle process of me trying to connect to myself and trying to connect to happiness again um and I think that, you know, like it took, it was probably from there like a year and then I got into meditation um, and everything's kind of deepened from there. I first started working with, you know, angel cards, which is essentially, um, it's kind of like a, a card that represents a, a message or a embodiment of something that you need to hear. And it is, you just select it or the card falls out and that it's just the kind of belief that that card is meant for you and that message is meant for you. Um, and then I moved into tarot and again, that was a very big self practice, um, for myself in terms of understanding the guidance that, you know, I needed to, to be hearing at that time. Um, and then it's, you know, I've, I, I was reading books like the journey of souls and everything was just speaking so true to me that it was just naturally, you know, I naturally started to, to really, really deepen into this. Um, and for me, it's, 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 it's such a big part of who I am, um, that, but it's so, so it's interesting because I was thinking about this podcast and I was like, oh, well, you know, the friends that tune in, they probably don't know the side of me. Cause I don't, I don't talk about it unless it's in a, in a mutual conversation. Um, so I think that, you know, like my spiritual beliefs are very, very, very deeply held, um, but they're really supported by everyone I have read, everyone I have listened to, um, you know, the, 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 you know, people who I believe in my teachers and teachers don't have to be, um, you know, physically there. Um, and I think that's, it has, it's, it's hard to kind of encapsulate because it has been a four year journey for me, um, but it's been a slow unraveling to where I am now. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I had goosebumps halfway through that. Oh. And would you say then that those big events were almost like your spiritual awakening? 
would you call it that? Um, I don't know if it was my spiritual awakening. I think it was um, my soulful awakening. If I look back on my, the way that I had, was showing up before this happened, it wasn't an alignment to me. I was drinking a lot. I was partying a lot. I, and everything that kind of comes with that. Um, and I I was very skeptical person. Like it's interesting. I think I was just so out of alignment that these knocks were there to come to bring me back. Um, but because I do believe in past lives and I do believe that the life that we have is to be working on the evolution of the soul. What the first knock that I did have was a, 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 a lesson that I had to make a choice of um, because it's a lesson that I have have had to learn in other lives. Um, and because it's so personal to me, I won't, I won't dive into it, but it was essentially I went and saw a healer um, and she told me like what my past life was just before this. And it was this, it was the same lesson that I had to make a different choice on this time. So I think that it was a bit karmic as well as, as it was a soul awakening. Um, and then the second knock was essentially that it was my true self awakening where I really had to, um, I was judged very harshly um, for how I was showing up in the world and, and for my differences um, to, you know, another group of people. Um, let's just summarize it as that. So for me, I actually had to completely lose myself so then I could then find myself in the true expression of me. Um, so it's kind of like I was walking lines of, between grief and belief this entire time. But I know that these situations, they made me, they were, they were for me. And I, even though they were so challenging um, and they were challenging for my family, my friends and my life to see me going through that, I wouldn't take them back. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that again. I like that you call it your soul awakening. So beautiful. So let, let's move on and talk a bit more about spirituality and what does that actually mean? Uh, you know, I know that's a really big concept to put into words, but what sort of comes to you when I say that? What does it mean to you? To me, spirituality is like, it's the connection to your soul. Um, and to me, it's that believing that we are so much more than a body that we have a soul and that we have it has its own purpose and spirituality is the journey to understand and to connect to that true part of ourselves and peter kelly actually said it like this that true spirituality is an is an expression of your soul um so i kind of like to piece them together and say that spirituality is a connection to your soul and the true expression of it mm. Yeah, I love that. That sounds wonderful. And I think uh, my version of that would be really similar. Like, I think I resonate with what you're sharing there. And also just I wanted to add in a couple of other things that like this idea that, yes, connecting to your true self and your soul, but also that connecting to the energy and the higher powers that be or the universe, source, God, whatever you want mm. to call it, um, and that we're all interconnected essentially we're all one 
and yeah just this idea of 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 energy as well yeah I love that yeah I think that's a beautiful extension um and I think what's like when you really dive into spirituality what it teaches you is that by connecting to yourself and by connecting to your soul you are connecting to everything that is is around you because a soul is essentially it's the true self it's it's the consciousness it's the what I think of as like the individual expression of energy. So it's our own expression of creation. Um, and it's the belief that everything is created from source or created from the universe or created from God. Um, and to me, that the name doesn't really the matter. It's just whatever you feel most comfortable with. Um, but, yeah, so when you connect into yourself, you start to connect to the support that is um, – continuously around you that's continuously working for you and it's the understanding that when you believe you have a soul you believe that there is this network of creation that is constantly that is you that is supporting you that is guiding you in this life um and it also is you know so much more expansive in terms of it is so well beyond what we see with our eyes um, and that's how we've we've been trained is what is what is quote unquote true is what you see with your eyes. It's what you it's the earth, it's it's your body, um, and it's everything that's a material material form of that. Um, but the soul is distinct from the mind and the body, and energy is distinct from the mind and the body. Um and your sometimes I think of them as like your spiritual support team because there's so many different ways you can be supported. Um, they are distinct from your mind and your body. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And it kind of just reminds me of this, or the way I like to think about it, or it's actually more like a feeling of like just being held and supported in this beautiful, loving energy that's around us in any moment. And I guess it kind of relates back to what you were mentioning earlier when we go through challenges or we can't understand what's happening in our physical world. There's this deep trust in ourself and our soul and our intuition, but also in the universe, energy source, etc. that life's happening for us, not to us, and that we're always supported and held and perhaps there's a bigger, a bigger thing at play here. It's not just literally the physical form that we're seeing on earth. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And, um, you know, I like to use just the terminology, the bigger picture, because, you know, there is, is, to me, there's always a bigger picture going on. And because we can only see the thinnest slice of it, we can lose context. But when we kind of tune Mm. into the idea that there is, there is more to what we believe or, or think or see, then we start to kind of tune into the answers that, that we need at that point of our lives. And that's why spirituality is always ever, ever evolving. It meets us where we're at. Um, and I think in terms of, you know, spirituality with my intention of, of speaking more about it and, and speaking of my coaching, I just think it's just, it's a beautiful gift to give yourself to connect to your true self. Yes. I say that all the time too. Couldn't agree more. Oh, 100%. great minds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I guess, I mean, a tiny bit from my journey is just that, like that was literally the biggest gift that I could give myself. And I know that through my own experience. And so if we can give that and support other people to do the same, gosh, 
imagine you know the lives that we're going to touch but also just you know for the for the greater good as well for for raising consciousness in the world and things like that just oh all of the warm fuzzies it just would be so wonderful yeah I love that so in terms of your own spiritual journey what what would you say was the catalyst to take you there Oh, I haven't really thought about this too much, but um, I think I kind of resonate with similar parts of yours in that I wasn't raised in a religious or spiritual family growing up, and that wasn't really a thing or what we talked about. Um, If anything, it was almost a bad thing or just a bit taboo Mm. and but I've always known deep within that I'm here for a bigger purpose and I and and just I knew that there was more than just our physical form I think I know that I, I always knew that but I didn't know how to articulate that or express that or kind of have the people in my world or the resources that enabled me to dive into that and so I think it was my my rock bottom, which if you've read my story on my website, then um, you can go have a read of that for anyone who's listening. But yeah, I mean, in my early 20s, I kind of hit my rock bottom and had some big challenges that I needed to address and to look into. And yeah, I, I guess I was having some really, yeah, it was a big challenge. And I then um, seeked out a psychotherapist and did that for a couple of years. And then I stumbled into coaching and that was kind of how I've come into the coaching world and this personal development world. And it was just this, yeah, the missing puzzle piece for me, the what, the things that actually taught me how to connect to my true self and, you know, meditation and journaling and Oracle cards or angel cards, if you like to call them that, I, I would probably call them Oracle cards, the ones I use, but you know, it's just kind of opened my eyes up into this whole other world and resources and people that were starting to talk about the stuff that I kind of knew deep down, but wasn't so aware of or didn't. Yeah, I, like I said earlier, just didn't have those people in my world or, or the words to articulate it. Mm. And so it's just been a wonderful journey from that of just kind of being really curious and like, oh, what's this and how would I do this and trying things on and seeing what works for me. And, you know, having big conversations like this and and finding like-minded people who want to talk about these big ideas and topics. And I think you're a wonderful example of that, Jess, but, you know, just, I don't know if that that kind of answers your question, but it was a slow, gradual thing for me as well. Mm. But I think my rock bottom was, and my big challenges was my thing that kind of was the catalyst to start doing the inner work, start healing you know, moving through the things that I needed to move through in order to be my true self, in order to connect with my true self and, yeah, essentially just being who I am and the, <clears throat> excuse me, and the the spiritual practices and the people and the healers and coaches and guides that came into my world were just wonderful, yeah, wonderful teachers and supported me along that way. And it's it's still going, right? I still feel like it's it's a forever unfolding journey. Definitely. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that sometimes it's, um, it can be just like a gentle nudge in terms of like, you know, there is more to this or it's the, um, you know, where if our health or a foundation gets taken away from us, it can be the, like, just the, the belief that we're multidimensional in terms of like, there is more to us than just a body, than just a thinking mind. And then you, you kind of start to, you know, um, evolve into the energetic body and then you kind of start to then um, 
unravel into the spiritual body and then once you kind of connect to the spiritual body you then kind of connect to the idea of like a higher consciousness um and you know Ayurveda talks about this with the five bodies um which I kind of think is really nice. Like sometimes we do have to start with either the physical, the mental body. And then as we start to kind of um, expand out, then we can really start to touch on, on these um, bigger beliefs and these bigger understandings. Mm, love that. That kind of segues really nicely into my next question, which is around like spiritual practices and, you know, what would you define as a spiritual practice as such? And and maybe could you share some examples of what you personally like to do to foster that inner connection or your spiritual connection, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, definitely. So I think um, a spiritual practice is like the how you connect to the soul. Um, so it's the how you connect to your soul. Um, and there's the one thing that I did want to touch on is that it's, it's so different for everyone. It's, it's, it's very, very different. Um, but I feel like what is amazing is spirituality is becoming into more of the forefront of different conversations and in, in different arenas. Um, and with that, we have people talking about their own spiritual practices and their own spiritual tools. Um, but then I, I believe that what could be happening is we're confusing spirituality with spiritual practices. So we see someone who is doing, um, you know, we see the way that they're showing up in life or the way that they're eating or praying or meditating or what, you know, what healing sessions they go to. And then we believe that's spirituality, but that is that person's journey to connecting to their soul. Um, And, if we move through spiritual practices that aren't right for us, we're not actually tuning into our soul. We're tuning into the um, the shoulds and the have-tos. Um, so I kind of just want to preface that because I think that a spiritual practice is how you connect to your soul. And to some people, that can be like a totally different form. Like I'd love to hear afterwards how, how what you would say is your spiritual practices. Um, so to me, a spiritual practice is like an assistance to connection to your soul. Um, and it's things done with intention for that, that exact purpose. Um, but if we are trying to engage with spiritual, spiritual practices that don't resonate with us, they're simply acts, you know, they're simply us doing something. Um, so for me in the beginning, I did explore, you know, a couple of different things and, I found what worked for me. Um, So I have kind of developed where I am now by across four years and it's just been layering and layering. Um, And where I did start was just, was, was journaling actually. I started by connecting to myself and just really journaling through all the turmoil that I was going through and kind of giving myself guidance that I didn't feel like I could do with my thinking mind. I personally feel like when I'm journaling, it's a direct conversation with myself because I'm writing in such a free flow that I don't critique my thoughts or try structure them. Um, So journaling is where I really started. um, And that I found was beautifully healing. Um, But at that time I had to like, I had to, burn or get rid of the journals because there was, there was just a lot of, (laughs) a lot of turmoil that was in them. Um, and then I was using angel cards and that was again, just a way for me to kind of get the guidance that I felt was needed. Um, 
then it was probably like a year and I got into meditation and that was guided meditation. And that was normally around 10 to 20 minutes. Um, and then from there, it's just been this evolution to where I am now. Um, and often it's for me, spiritual practices are very intuitively, intuitively led. So we can hear something and then we can think to us, like thinking ourselves, that's, that sounds right for me. This sounds like something that I'd love to explore. Um, so we can definitely be inspired by other people in terms of our practices. Um, so I recently was inspired to start waking up at 5am to, to give myself more time to dive into my practice. Um, and what that means is I'll wake up at 5 a.m. Then I will, once I'm ready, I'll move into meditation. So kind of structured it in 26 minutes. Um, and I'm not too sure why it's taken that form, but it has. So the first minute is prayer. Um, and that's what I'm kind of setting the intention to connect to my truer self or my higher self or connect to my spirit guides or the, the angels that, you know, I, I believe are in support of us. Um, and that's what I like to just loosely call as my spiritual support team. And then I'll move into five minutes of breath work. So that can be box breath where you breathe in for four, you hold for four, you breathe out for four and you hold for four. Or I'll do alternative nostril breathing um, or I'll move through really like rapid breathing if I feel like I really need to um, move through tiredness or lethargy or anything sticky from the day before. Um, and then I'll move into 20 minutes of mantra meditation. Um, so this is all in silence, but um, like I said, the evolution was guided, which was a voice kind of guiding you into meditation. Then it was um, with like ambient sounds um, and then I've moved into silence. So that, I, you know, I did have to carry myself there. Um, and mantra meditation is essentially the, um, you're using a, a word or a phrase or an affirmation to keep your mind focused. Um, so in Sanskrit, which is like, the, which they believe is the oldest language in the world. Um, it means mind tool. So you use that to focus your mind into meditation. Um, and because Sanskrit, their, their mantras were created with such purpose. So the sound, the vibration, their meaning, when they created mantras, they created that with mind in terms of this, this full bodied experience. Um, so I use Satnam and that's one that I, I normally keep coming home to. Um, and Satnam, Sat means truth and name, Nam means name, which translates into I am truth or truth is my essence. And when I kind of looked into that a bit further, um, someone spoke of it as that Satnam is about is about expressing your true identity, not only for the benefit of yourself, but also to others. Um, so Satnam is the phrase that I use to keep, not only to keep my mind focused, but so I can evoke that quality of, of trueness um, within myself um, and in tr the way that I can show up truly and the benefit of, of others. Um, so that's a, that is only 26 minutes. Um, and then I get into... I'll, um, I'll read. So what I kind of do is just give myself 15 minutes to read. Um, and I'm reading A Course in Miracles. And that's um, a spiritual text from the 1970s. Um, and normally 15 minutes is, is quite enough. It's, it's written, I would say, in quite um, 
in a, in a biblical way um, in terms of uh, the terminology that they use um, and just the languaging that they use. Um, so I'll read that um, and then I'll get into my to my coffee and my journaling. Um, and to me, it's like, where else can we have a direct conversation with ourselves? Like where else can we hear and understand ourselves away from the noise of, you know, everything. Um, so that normally takes about um, all up like an hour and a half to two hours, but it, it can be broken up to meditation, then, um, you know, moving my body in an exercise class or meditation and reading, then moving my body. Um, so it's broken up, um, but I'm more than happy to just have the morning to dive into that. Um, and then what I've also introduced is a second meditation and that's normally what I do after work um and to me it's just it's a perfect time to like clear the day um and I've just recently got into chanting mantra meditation so that's when you use the mantra out loud um and it's so interesting because you know that came from me um practicing kundalini and you know, there was such a fear of using and hearing my own voice. Like we're not encouraged, I don't believe, to use our voices. Um, and it's so powerful. And it's not just so powerful on a meditative level. It's powerful because it's also on a physical level. Because when you're chanting out loud, so sound is vibration, um, so when you're chanting, you are bringing in this vibration of sound. And when you're chanting out loud, you're also naturally, you know, engaging in deep breath. And it has a really positive um, impact on our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest. Um, and when I looked into this a little bit further, it, there's, there's actually multiple studies that show how chanting can decrease stress, anxiety, you know, depressive symptoms, it can positively positively increase our mood, our feelings of relaxation, and it also helps to trigger the body's healing response. Um, so I will do another Sanskrit, Sanskrit mantra out loud um, and then kind of go into another meditation. That can be five minutes, that can be 20 minutes, it's just there is no kind of time that I'm trying to reach there. Um, it really just depends on the mind that I'm bringing into that day. Um, so uh, meditation is a large part of my practice, but it's also every meditation that I go into is not this holy state of bliss. Like sometimes I am just simply showing up and working with the mind that I have that day. And it could be really distracted, really um, scattered. It can be fidgety. It could actually not want to be in stillness um and I can you know I can think in my mind like counting down and I, I just I still sit with that because meditation is essentially the place I believe for us to be aware of the thoughts and, and aware that we have this constant dialogue that is happening within us but it doesn't make it true so you actually can start to discern between that voice and then the part of you that, it, that is listening um, and then is aware of everything's going on. So it's a place where we can actually start to discern, is this thought true? Um, and is this feeling true? Because uh, Lindsay Mack, um, who I studied with with Tarot, 
um, under an online course, you know, she says that feelings aren't facts and neither are our thoughts. You know, they are valid, but we start to practice discernment. Um, and that's when, where I believe the purpose of meditation is, is it's not always to reach the state of stillness, but, you know, there are some days where 20 minutes just fly by and I am in the state of calm and I feel there's a complete, a complete shift into my state of being and um, just how that I'm feeling. Um, and I think for me, meditation really allowed me to move through through a lot. So that is a constant state um, for any of my practices. And then I also use tarot. Um, so tarot is, um, you can think of it like this, tarot is a set of cards that offer a visual range of the human experience. So each card in the tarot kind of represents a different part or a different experience that we go through, you know, as a human. Um, so that when I connect into tarot, I feel like it's just a tangible physical tool for me to see and to look upon and see what's kind of going, you know, going on for me. Um, and I, like I use Lindsay Mack and she um, teaches wild tarot for the soul. And each of her understandings and interpretations of the card, it honestly feels like it's its own life coach. Like there's something in the card that is like that gentle nudge or that gentle encouragement. And, you know, sometimes we resist what the card's saying, like we do with a life coach, um, but it's always there for your highest purpose. And tarot is meant to, um, like Lindsay teaches and how I believe, as a tool to understand the present moment and to gain medicine that you need to um, show up in that present moment. It's not about future casting. Um, and especially as, you know, humans with these analytical minds, we love answers. We love to get answers. We love the, to control what answers we're actually getting. Um, so there's a lot of kind of surrendering you have to do to the tarot, to the tarot practice. Um, because you don't want to pull a card and realize that it's, you know, it's brain chemistry, that what you're working through is brain chemistry. And it's, you know, it's about kind of reframing that. Um, so collectively, that kind of makes up my spiritual practice. Um, and it's just my, me finding times in my day to dive into that, because I can't say that my day is full of spirituality, because I get caught up in work, I get caught up in life. Um, but I have these anchors to kind of bring me back um, bring me back home without sounding so cliche. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. There was so much wisdom and goodness in all of that you've just said. And I just want to say two things. Thank you for bringing the humanness back into this and that we are still here having a human experience and it's not all rainbows and butterflies and blissed out, um, you know, bringing some truth to the meditation practice as well and how it is at times for all of us, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, gosh, there's so, so much goodness in there. And I love, I love that, well, one, it's been a journey and it's developed and also that you have these different tools and practices that you can draw on uh, and you've kind of come up with your own little routine that works really well for you. So I, I, I really love that. Um you asked what my mind were, and I'll just yeah. briefly go over these just Please for sake do. of time. 
Um, but kind of similar to yours, but maybe less structured. I think meditation is always my one big go-to. Um, I yeah, started this years ago, kind of on and off, but uh, definitely this year has been the year when I've dived into it in a really big way and it's changed a lot. So now I too started with guided meditations and now I do like the ambient music type one, but it's actually interesting as you were talking about yours, I was like, why do I do this one? And it's something that stuck with me earlier this year and I just loved it and I've never moved past it. And I literally have the same music on and it's uh, it's a piano piece. It's just soft piano oh. music in the background. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so interesting because I used to play piano when I was younger or still do, but not as much as I would like. Um, but I did get piano since I was like eight or something till 18 or whatever, many, many years. And I think actually, I'm, I'm still like making the links, but actually when I was growing up, my music practice was probably my connection to myself. Mm. And And I think that was probably my outlet and my one kind of like sacred practice that was for me. And there's a whole other story in that, which we can talk about another time, but it's interesting that I've chosen a piano one. And I wonder if that helps me connect back with my soul even more uh, through my meditation. Perhaps oh, that was my thought that was coming up today. Yeah, without a doubt. Cause I think that, you know, sound, there is, you know, there's so much that we attribute to sound. Um, and I think mm. that sound is very healing. Um, again, because sound is vibrations. And yeah. for you, it's a place of like resonance. It's a place of, you know, you have mm. that. So it, it allows that part of your mind to be distracted and to kind of be comforted while, you know, the truer part of yourself is trying to expand out. Um, but I mm. love that you've naturally gone to piano. Yeah, interesting. And it literally just hit home as we were talking. <laughs> um, but to elaborate a few more things, journaling again and just literally free writing or ask, asking myself some of those big questions or what do I need to know right now? Or um, that's probably my favorite one is what do I need to mm. know right now? I think a big part of my journey and, and also then what I love supporting others with through my coaching is how to connect back into your intuition. And when I say intuition, that's that inner knowing, that gut response. And I think that it's almost like I wrote down here just as we were talking that it's almost like your soul's voice. It's like your your truth. And mm, so definitely. I think any kind of work around that or practices to connect back into your intuition more and use that on a day-to-day -day basis, even with the smallest things, I see that as, as being a spiritual practice or a way to connect inwards again. I love that. Uh, yeah, I also use oracle cards. Uh, so pretty much I would pull one every morning after my meditation and normally it's just shuffling them and almost always a couple or one or two will jump out at me and they are always spot on so that's been really wonderful I think just the other key things I was just going to add here is like movement or exercise in mm. any form has been a big one for me and I, I talk a lot about that and like getting out of your head and into your body because you're literally moving your energy moving your body and, and your physical form and that's a wonderful way to yeah get out of the mind the ego the inner critic whatever you want to call it and connect back into to your intuition or your soul your true self 
So I think that's also been a big part of my journey and something that I still practice most days. And then just lastly, that I think the other thing that I will I have invested a lot in and will continue to is seeking out my own personal coach or healer or therapist of some sort, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Because I think the more that we can uh, you know, declutter those limiting beliefs, those thoughts, the blocks, uh, you know, the energy that, that we need to move through or heal and things like that. And the more we can kind of, yeah, declutter is kind of the word that's coming to me, the more then we can actually tune into our true self and live from that place with more ease or, or connect in easier. So I think that's also wonderful just to mention yeah. here as maybe yeah. not necessarily seen as a spiritual practice, but I think it's a tool that can be really wonderful to connect inwards and, and to ignite that part of you again. Yeah, well, it's an, an insistence of, right? And that's what a spiritual practice is, is that, you know, how you're connecting to your soul. Um, and, you know, mm. you did touch on something that, you know, I um, failed to mention, which was like yoga, like yoga was mm. the gateway for me. Um, and it's something that I guess has become such an integral part of me. It's no longer something that I, um, you know, that I reflect on as a spiritual practice. Yeah. Um, because I started off um with my first bring me to my knees moment, I um, went into yoga and yoga was mm. that, that calming place to you connect to your breath, to move in a way that was in service of your body, that kind of stillness that yoga encourages within you. And, you know, I feel like yoga attracts a certain type of disciples. So the teachers in the yoga class were talking about these really expansive things and I find yoga is, like you said, a place to really connect into your body. And that's, you know, to connect away from your thoughts. And yeah. you're just, you're, all the yoga moves are there to shift energy. You know, they're there to strengthen your body so you can, you know, live a quality life. And they're there to kind of shift the energy in your body. And, um, you know, meditation is a form of, of yoga, um, you know, and I think that yoga was a really good way to, as a really good gateway for me, because it kind of connected me to my breath. It connected me to be kind to my body where I don't believe I was kind to my body. Um, and it connected me to this way of thinking that I had no exposure with before. Um, and yoga to me is something that's, you know, it's, I've, pra I practice it, practice it for about four years straight. I've only recently just started to move into different types of movement. Um, but it's always, you know, it's always going to be there. So I think, um, yoga is a beautiful way to actually start into, you know, getting into the spirituality side of things. Um, but also to find a teacher that you connect with a type of yoga that you connect with, um, because there's so many different forms of it. Um, and you also touched on, uh, you know, like healers or life, um, you know, life coaches or personal coaches and healers to me are, I, I love going to healers. Um, and I think that, you know, with healers, the most important thing is that they are an assistance of, they are not the one thing that you need to go to, to get the energetic release. They're not the, the one thing that you need to go to, to connect to your, to connect to your soul. They are essentially in service of your soul. So when you go to a healer, it is essentially your soul guiding them what, what you need assistance healing. And I think that there is some 
beautiful people that just are so gifted in Reiki or connecting to different um, guides or different realms. Um, but in, 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 in essence, it's still your body, your, you know, energetic, your, your energy and your soul doing the work. Um, and, you know, there's some, like I go to a healer who I've created a really close relationship with and what she's healing is a lot of the, the depthness to my soul that I can't reach at, at the moment. Mm. Um, but she's always, you know, she always emphasizes the, the power, um, or the strength that, that we have all in us to heal what needs to heal. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. I just, um, adding my two cents again when I went to Australia I volunteered at a health retreat and we did yoga twice a day every day and then one of the teachers mentioned that uh, you know thousands of years ago yoga was designed as an individual practice not normally how we see it in the western world in big classes not to say that there's no you know that there's still wonderful benefit in that as well though but essentially what she was saying is that yoga was designed to uh, allow the body to go into meditation. So they would yeah, do sitting down for like nine movement. hours in meditation. Yeah, well, crazy, yeah, crazy long meditations. But it was like to move the body, to move the energy, to enable you to quieten your mind and go into meditation afterwards. Um, yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah, um, I think that's a wonderful place to start and just, um, I know we could honestly talk about this for ages, but just, I guess, if we were thinking about some of the key places where someone could start or if they're just opening their minds up to this whole other world and, and these big ideas, what do you think would be a nice one? I know we've just sort of said that yoga might be a really nice place and finding the teacher or the, the type of yoga or the practice that really connects with you. What would you say or what would you add to that? Anything? Well, I actually, um, I uh, went to... Oprah's podcast and she actually asked four questions that I thought was the perfect questions to be asking ourselves when we're starting our spiritual journey and all the way through the journey which is who am I where did I come from where am I going and what am I here for because of that we can explore what we believe it is to have a soul, you know, what that means to us, um, how we feel about life outside of what we see with our eyes. Um, we can tune into where we feel a sense of purpose and where we're feeling directed. And it, and it was that, that constant unraveling and evolution of those questions um, because in the beginning those questions are, you know, they're challenging to yeah. answer. Um but I think those are, you know, by actually asking yourself those questions, you can start to um, give yourself breadcrumbs on where you would like to start. Yeah, love it. Wonderful. What what great journaling questions. Just lastly, before I we start to do my, my rapid fire questions at the end, but we've sort of both actually alluded to this, that uh you know, some people may not know these sides of us, or maybe we don't share all of these big conversations and ideas with other people in our worlds. But what would you say to someone who is sort of wanting to come out of the spirituality closet, so to speak, or is kind of nervous about 
what people might say or think of them. You know, I know I've definitely had people come to me and say, well, that's just woo-woo stuff and like whatever. Um, and yeah, I would just be curious to know what you what you have to say to that. I think owning your beliefs is um, fundamentally powerful um, because I think when we when we own our beliefs, like we trust that they are our own. So we don't actually need people to um, understand them or to see worth in them or to try and make sense of them. It's, you know, and it's not our place to convince anyone of them. Like if we really wholeheartedly own our beliefs, we're very comfortable in them. We're not ashamed um, about them and we don't feel, you know, a force to try to make everyone believe what we believe because that's just a form of validation in terms of how we're feeling is quote-unquote true or quote-unquote right. Um, And I definitely, when I started getting into this, I didn't know, you know, I had no friends at the time who spoke the same language. And it was, um, you know, there's a lot that you work through because we do have these like analytical minds that question everything, you know, that – um, that when you're doing a practice that is kind of critiquing it and criticizing it, or when you kind of get a intuitive hit or um, a feeling about something, you know, that part of your brain tries to out talk you into what you're actually believing. But if you have that kind of foundation of this is what I believe and these are my own, then that's the way that you can navigate life. And um, you know, there was a time when I was ashamed and there were, then there was a time when I was like, everyone, like everyone should get on board. Like this is, you know, this is so <laughs> wonderful. Um, and then like I used any opportunity. Um, and now I, I engage with it, you know, just, just fearing on my friendships and on the conversations, um, you know, so like yesterday I had a full conversation about like what I believe with, you know, my understanding of the book Journey of Souls um, with one friend who's deeply spiritual, but then with another friend this week when she's, you know, she's going through a challenging time, I just, you know, kind of encouraged her to kind of see how she can separate herself from the en- from that energy in a way that feels um, true to her. Yeah, beautiful. It's 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 interesting what you bring up here and I think I would 100% agree here it's like when you're actually fully owning and accepting who you truly are your belief systems uh you know your relationship with yourself and the universe source etc then it actually doesn't really matter what other people think or it, I think we have this fear of of judgment of others but actually if we're most of the time it's actually judging ourselves and so if we've fully owned if we've fully owned that within ourselves and a wholeheartedly believe in that, then it doesn't really matter what other people think or say. And I think it's lovely. I mean, I know this was true for my journey is just that you start to become more curious and, and, you know, go down your own journey with it on a, you know, on an individual level or with your, your coach or healer or support system, uh, whatever that looks like for you. And then I think naturally, as you open yourself up to this whole other world and ideas, then you'll naturally attract in people like that, or you'll stumble across people or, uh, you know, like our conversation, for example, you know, and we can connect and talk to people about it uh, who are on a similar journey or, uh, yeah, are open to these ideas and want to talk about these topics. 
Um, so it's not something that I would like openly talk about with anyone. Not that I'm, I don't, not that I don't want to do that. It's just that I normally would find, you know, the people or the, yeah, the people in my world who would resonate with that. And I know that we can have a really deep and meaningful conversation about it. And I know that with other people, that's just not our relationship and that's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like, why, um, why, talk to unlistening ears yeah. um which i think is like it's it's just understanding when it is a conversation um and i i do agree once you start to own that within yourself and it was it was the journey for me um you know there was so much that i had to untie from things that I had told myself of who I was um, and mm. there was so much of that and you know a lot of it was such an inner journey you know my partner is um, I was talking to him this morning I was like it's a good thing opposites attract darling because we're so different in the way that we <laughs> you know the way that we our beliefs um, and I think that as well like like you're kind of saying those when we start to own things and just in our humble form that naturally we just we kind of have a different, um, like it's just a different frequency that we're sending out. Um, and for some people that is like, what's like, it could be a vibe or it can just be like who you are and um, like, it does attract like. So when you own that, you you do bring in people that can hear that kind of call in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to shift gears slightly because we could talk about spirituality forever it's been, <laughs> but it's been so so good so I I think I probably know the answer to this one and you've talked a lot about your routine and practices that have supported you but what would you think is one of the key things that been a, has been a real game changer for you on your personal journey it would be making time for myself to connect in love it so good and then various forms of of and various what forms, that could be. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. In my very ambitious forms, love it. What does inner confidence mean to you, Jess? To me, that means letting yourself be your full self, um, and that's actually to let yourself. Um, I want to use the word shine in your own way mm. without holding yourself back. Oh, love it! So good. What's one thing your inner critic, your ego, whatever you want to call it, used to tell you all the time that you can now see is just total BS? Uh, well, I'm still working on a lot of, um, I think you'll use, you use the word inner critic and I use like the terminology brain. Um, mm. And my brain likes to think that it can outthink any situation. Um, so it is like highly critical of me, of situations, and it loves to critique um, and kind of lull me into a false sense of control by overthinking. Um, so that is one thing that I am slowly um, kind of disengaging with, but it's still very much a work in progress. So good. What's what's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? To be kind to yourself. Yeah, beautiful. And if there was one thing, one message or one piece of wisdom that you'd like to impart with the world and the lives that you've touched, what would it be? Um, I think it would be um, that the biggest gift, and I have said this before, that the biggest gift that you can give yourself is truly knowing yourself. Um, because I think by knowing yourself, you can ask 
questions for yourself. You can understand how you want to show up in the world. You can understand what life ex- life's expression means to you. Um, and you can truly understand like your wants, your desires, your, your purpose. Um, and there is such a, you know, I would love nothing more than for people to know who they truly are and show up as that person. Yeah. Gorgeous. Love that so much. And beautiful Jess, where can the listeners find you? Where do you hang out? And if they want to reach out and connect, where can they find you? Um, other than coffee shops, it would be um, I have a <laughs> I have a website um, which is www.jandthelight.com, um, and that's my Instagram handle is j underscore and the light, um, and that's where the web- website kind of touches on. Um, I've just recently started to get into writing, um, and it goes into my coaching as well um, in terms of just the way that I approach coaching. Um, and then my Instagram is just thought pieces of that really with visuals. Beautiful. Love that. We'll absolutely link to those in the show notes. And is there any other last parting words, any bits of wisdom, things that we didn't cover today that you really wanted to share with the listeners? Um, no, I just, I want to just thank anyone who's still listening. Um, and that I hope that it's just created, um, you know, a question in yourself and, uh, a, a kind of drive to explore things for yourself. Yeah. Beautiful. I think this has been such a wonderful conversation in so many different ways and levels. And I've certainly loved hearing your wisdom and, yeah, just talking about these big ideas. And I know that, you know, they're just thinking about back to me and my journey when I was first starting off, having this kind of podcast would have just been a, such a game changer for me. So I really hope that it's supportive for others and their journey wherever they're at. And I'm sure they'll take, yeah, take bits and pieces of what they need to hear from this. So thank you so much for being here, Jess. It's been such an honor to have you on the podcast. And thank you so much for having, you know, creating this space. And I do agree, like, for having a conversation like this to be within reach. So thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Thanks, Jess. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes. And that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world.